So it was a uh, multi-million dollar investment and it, it worked out better than we could ever imagine. It was a highlight of my career, really. This is The Grand Project. Welcome back to another episode. My name is Kitty Jandren, and today I'm talking to Steven Snyder. If you're in need of some career inspiration or really just need motivation to put yourself back out there in the dating world, this episode is for you. Mr. Snyder details his many careers from chicken processing as a kid to five years in the Army and later to restaurant and club management fatherhood, and finally business. He also talks about what it's like to fall in love and lose love more than once, as well as his venture into online dating unbeknownst to his protective adult children. His daughter Kat set up this interview. You'll actually hear her fabulous laugh and some of her commentary in the background as we get later on in the episode. This is a really fun conversation that I'm so lucky to get to have. And I hope you enjoy it. Here's Granddad Stephen Snyder. My name is Stephen or Steve Snyder. Um, I'm currently in two places. I live in Pelston, Michigan, which is in the upper part of Michigan, right below the Mackinac Bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm um, 82. Very nice. And you have a birthday coming up in a few months, I believe. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, right. I'll be uh, 83. That's great. So I want to kind of start, I guess, at the beginning with your childhood and where you grew up. So where are you from originally? Okay, I grew up in um, Anderson, Indiana, which is um, a little bit... Um, east of Indianapolis, uh, Indiana. Um, When I uh, first was born, uh, we lived on what was called 38th Street. Uh, I lived there uh, with my parents and uh, we uh, eventually had uh, five boys. We lived in in a nice, nice area. But with the five, it uh, got a little bit uh, crowded. I can imagine. <laughs> and uh, my father searched for a uh, a home, a larger for home, and <clears throat> he found one that was uh, quite suitable for us uh, with number of bedrooms. Uh, there was a master downstairs. Upstairs there were uh, four bedrooms, and there happened to be a uh, full kitchen up there also. Uh, but to buy it, um, the owners also owned a company where they processed uh, chickens and turkeys and things like that. Well, my dad thought, well, you know, um, that might be a good experience for the boys to uh, do that. Um, he he was a, he worked for General Motors, and um, he was a uh, general foreman at that time, and um, so it kind of 
happened that he, the responsibility went over to my mother and we had the, um, the employees that uh, helped, but uh, what, <laughs> we were novice learning on the uh, poultry, poultry business, but we certainly uh, learned what we did. Uh, we did, uh, all we did was process and uh, we would process for primarily orders um, people would ask us for a um, four-pound hen, you know, and then in turkeys, we had multiple, multiple turkeys up to probably 45 pounds. I know one that we had that was about the biggest turkey I ever saw. But um, that was that was a great um, experience. Uh, it was a great uh, location. Uh, we were, we had about uh, 25 acres. Uh, my dad was also interested in forestry. He uh, planted all kinds of uh, trees. He would get, get them from uh, Purdue University where he originally went. He got two degrees, one in forestry and then one in engineering. Uh, so that was great. We had gravel pits in back of our property, which were functioning for a while, but um, later they closed down. And it was a great area to swim and have recreation. I was about to say, I've so had five boys didn't get into five any boys, yes, and, uh, <laughs> I was the oldest, and um, you know the uh, we all. Um, we went to uh, parochial school uh, when we lived in um, on 38th Street. Uh, they uh, opened a new uh, Catholic school, and I was the first um, person uh, to graduate from that, the eighth grade. And then we went on to uh, high school, which was a uh, another uh, step. And all the all the boys. Uh, went there and um, they finally closed the high school. And my brother, Bill, who was the youngest, he um, he didn't graduate from uh, um, St. Mary's. He had to go to the uh, public schools. But, uh, and just a side note, uh, none of us went to Purdue uh, except Bill and he was a, <laughs> The youngest, he made my father so happy. <laughs> uh, I went to Xavier in Cincinnati. My brother Jim went to Notre Dame. Uh, my uh, two other brothers, my uh, brother Tom and John went to uh, General Motors Tech. And uh, Bill, of course, went to uh, Purdue. Um, I was probably the only one that wasn't... Uh, really interested in um, engineering or that type of things. But uh, all of the other boys were uh, kind of uh, interested, and especially Tom and uh, John, who worked for, uh, who went to GMA and uh, 
that had long careers uh, with General Motors. So as a child, did you know what you wanted to do? I know you said you weren't very interested in engineering, but was there something that really attracted you? You know, I've I've had multiple (laughs) careers. I don't know that um, I uh, had a inkling of what I really wanted to do. Um, After I graduated college, I went into the military um, and um, spent uh, five years there. Um, I went in as a through college and I got a uh, distinguished uh, military commission, which is similar to uh, a West Point or military uh, academy commission. And um, my first uh, assignment was to Fort Bragg. Then um, I went to Fort Benning. Uh, I got my went to jump school. Then I came back. Uh, I went to multiple uh, schools uh, for artillery missile missile uh, development. Uh, I was fortunate to uh, understudy from uh, Werner von Braun. <laughs> who was a um, scientist, a great scientist uh, for missiles, missiles, and that was in Texas at Fort uh, um, Bliss. And uh, Werner was a marvelous man. Who, he was such an intellect, and uh, he would uh, spend all as much time as he uh, could with with his students, and we learned a, we learned a lot about missiles and missiles defense. Uh, so that was a, uh, a highlight. Uh, I um, went to uh, France on an assignment. The second Berlin crisis came about, and. Uh, the doctor, the uh, generals, and the uh, everyone uh, felt that we needed to uh, stage missiles and uh, all types of uh, military units in in France in case the, the this uh, would happen with with Russia again, and. Um, we were in a place called Chenver, uh, France, but this was the largest military base in in France. It was ba- uh, built by the Americans uh, to d- deliver um, missile or uh, bombing type things, nuclear actually, and uh, de Gaulle. Uh, said, well, <laughs> it's not going to happen. So we had to lease the property back from from the French. It was the largest, um, had more concrete in that um, base than any city in, in France. We had like six uh, runways that we could 
we staged all the equipment on and we could, uh, uh, what we would do if the balloon did uh, go up, uh, we could uh, bring transport uh, people in, their equipment was all ready for them and uh, they were ready to go and they were all, uh, there were, I think we had like seven divisions of uh, equipment there, which is a, a lot of equipment. Uh, so did you volunteer to go into the army? No, 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 I didn't got volunteer. Uh, with my uh, background in ROTC, I had a commitment, but I was uh, fortunate to um, get the, um, the commission uh, that I did, which I started as a, a, a second lieutenant and after college, soon, soon after college, uh, matter of fact. And uh, so I served for, for five years and then um, did, decided that I wanted to do something else. And what was that next thing that you were interested in? Well, um, I got interested in the um, restaurant and club business. My roommate um, or shared the BOQ with me, bachelor's uh, quarters in uh, Fort Bragg at the end of my kind of my uh, service. Um, I was, uh, I'd come back from um, uh, Vietnam and uh, it was the early stages. Uh, there was, we didn't, uh, I was a military advisor. Um, we, the, um, the official war hadn't uh, started, but my um, college room or my my roommate, uh, not college roommate, uh, army roommate at uh, Fort Bragg happened to be the uh, Fort Bragg Officers Club uh, manager, and Cornell graduate, very very. Uh, adept in his uh, profession. And um, I, I would spend a lot of uh, time over there. I, I got interested in that. Uh, I, I forgot to tell you that I did uh, take advantage of a uh, opportunity in France to um, study under the Cordon Bleu uh, restaurant chef uh, school wow. and um, that, that piqued my interest and then I uh, did some other things with uh, Michigan State as uh, the hotel school. Um, so when, when Bob uh, left, uh, the general asked, uh, well Bob and I talked to the general which um, and um, he said, well, Steve, why don't you take care of the, the club until the um, replacement comes from, from, from Germany? And um, that would be 
then I would phase out, you know, into the military of the military and go into uh, civilian life. And that worked out great. I enjoyed that. Uh, I learned a lot. Uh, I had some great people that uh, worked with me. Um, Willie Blunt um, was our top chef. And Willie was uh, the uh, chef of, uh, for uh, General Eisenhower. Uh, oh, wow. And um, when General Eisenhower became president, he would uh, come down to uh, Fort Bragg every once in a while, just as a, um, he was visit, and uh, he would always ask uh, Willie, to uh, fix him SOS. He loved Willie's SOS. Um, now I won't go into what I actually said, but everybody knows what that knows. And he would, uh, honestly, he would be there at the club by about six o'clock and he didn't want Whip Millie to know that he was eating SOS. That was Mrs. Eisenhower. She, she kind of got, you know, was um, health conscious about the general <laughs> or the president. But uh, Willie was a uh, was a great, great uh, cook, and uh, uh, we had a lot of a uh, lot of uh, fun. Uh, Willie, he was always busy in the kitchen, and I, I always wondered how he had seven kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's take care of the general also. Yeah, for real. What's the best meal you ever ate? I think hmm, it it probably had to be in um, in Paris. Um, we had. Um, we probably had a, a appetizer with duck, a puri type thing, a um, steak uh, with fritz maybe. Uh, I think that we, there was a whole, oh, I know there was a wonderful soup um, and the desserts were just out of sight. Uh, I'll think of the name uh, Latour. Um, yeah, and um, it was a five star, and um, I um, I didn't when I when I was in France uh, with the military, I I I didn't eat there. Um, I I ate there when um, I worked for AT and T, and um, we were doing. Um, assessments of business opportunities in in France and uh, the um, so I I did um, <laughs> splurge a little bit um, <laughs> in going going there and, that, and of course you got a, a variety of wines and uh, the pâtés and uh, salads and it was a it was an adventure I'm sure. Um, and I also, Kat told me you have a very interesting story about making a meal yourself, a meal in Turkey. Yes, we, um, 
we were doing a, a due diligence or looking at uh, some opportunities in in Turkey um, with AT and T, and I had oh, I think at that time it was fourteen or twenty people over there with me, and we would stay normally about. And we would rotate back and forth about um, a month at a time um, because we had to um, be in a lot of sites and, and that type of thing. It so happened that um, the majority of us were there for Thanksgiving and um, I wanted to give them a, a treat. And um, so I, I thought, well, um, how do I do this? I, um, the uh, hotel that we were um, staying at um, in Istanbul had a, a very nice restaurant and we frequented that a lot. So I asked the manager if he could do a uh, turkey dinner for us. and. He really didn't know what that consisted of. So um, I called a few of my friends um, and we were, at that time, um, turkeys were in, uh, in Turkey. They were in the development stage. They, they just don't celebrate um, Thanksgiving. They, uh, they do have turkeys on on Christmas, um, so I had a I had a friend in the military that uh, I I knew and contacted him, and we were able to get uh, some turkeys flown in from uh, Switzerland, actually. So, uh, and um, I got all the uh, condiments for uh, the dressing and everything else. And um, so I actually uh, primarily prepared the whole whole dinner with uh, the help of some of the, uh, the people in the uh, hotel restaurant. And uh, so we had a, we had a great, uh, great time. Um, we had a, you know, toasts and, and uh, it was just a fun, fine, fun time. And, when you talk about Turkey and Turkey, uh, that's that's kind of a funny type of thing. Absolutely, I love that. Um, so let's you know transition and talk a little bit about how you made the move once you came into civilian life from more of the culinary restaurant club world and into business. Into business. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, I started, um, I, I was running or had part of a, a restaurant in uh, Lafayette, Indiana. And um, I uh, became serious with my uh, lovely first uh, wife, um, who's Cass' mother. And um, I knew that um, the restaurant business is much as I loved it, it's not totally the best 
situation for a marriage, especially when you start out. Um, I had a lot of um, customers um, that um, worked for Indiana Bell, which was part of AT&T at that time. And they suggested that maybe um, I might like to uh, apply there. So they, they set up a, an interview and I, I took the, the interview and we, I, I was given a, um, an offer and I didn't know the, the, really that much about it. It was called in the INDIP program. It was a accelerated uh, program going into management. Well, the area that they offered me was in accounting and that definitely wasn't my forte <laughs> so i said well i don't i don't think that that's really what i want um i didn't i didn't know that much about it i didn't assess the value of that that offer i probably could have made it um uh, but I didn't, uh, I felt that uh, it was best to have accountants report to me rather than <laughs> I'm doing it. But anyway, uh, so a couple of weeks went by and I got a call from Indiana Bell, um, the sales a a area in Yellow Pages, which was kind of interesting. The INDIP prog program starting out was way below what I was making in the in the uh, uh, restaurant business. But uh, the Yellow Pages opportunity, they had just started a commission program, and um, it appealed to me. And I thought, well, I'll get, give it a start. And uh, I did, went to the school. It was a... I think it was almost five weeks of uh, training, and uh, I, I so I I did that. Uh, we did a you did a lot of traveling. You met the business office or owners and those people, and uh, you would sell them yellow pages. And at that time, of course, yellow pages was the best uh, program to. Um, advertise in mm -hmm. and um so i did that for a while and then um the company asked me to uh go into the communications area as a communications consultant i was the first one from the yellow pages that was ever offered that uh, type of training in uh, uh, at Yale, at uh, Indiana Bell. Of course, the instructors, and that was an eight-week uh, course that was live-in. You got to go home on the weekends. And um, <laughs> my, my one, uh, the head ex, uh, instructor was determined that I wouldn't succeed. He had a, <laughs> a vendetta against 
yellow pages for some reason. I think they didn't uh, accept him in <laughs> to that uh, thing way back. But anyway, it made me determine that I was going to succeed. And, um, and, and, and every time he asked me something, I would say, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. And um, it finally got got to him. And, and when we finished, uh, he, he became a great uh, friend of mine. <laughs> um, so, so from that, I went into various areas of uh, within Yellow Pages. And then I was um, asked to come to the corporate headquarters in New York and uh, uh, New Jersey with AT&T. Uh, with the position uh, overseeing all the Bell companies for uh, travel, uh, airlines, um, hotel reservations, corporate aviation, and um, annual meetings, um, which was a a great, great experience. I I had to learn a lot very, very quickly for that type of responsibility. With that responsibility, I spent probably 70% of my time traveling to the various operating companies throughout the United States. That uh, was a um, something that uh, I enjoyed. Uh, There were great Great people that I met, uh, sports, you know, in that type of uh, environment, uh, you you run, a, you uh, meet all uh, the, the top executives in the in the various companies, and that's that's a uh, kind of a, a privilege, and it uh, teaches you a lot uh, very very quickly. So um, that that was a um, big step uh, when the breakup uh, came with the Bell system, uh, AT and T. I was um, part of the group that was studying uh, that, and we had the opportunity to keep. Yellow Pages within the AT&T, and um, Charlie let it go, um, which was, a, I thought it was a, it was a big, big uh, mistake, but um, that's, that's life, and that's, uh, that's what happens, and then, so uh, with, with that, I was appointed to uh, head up a group that would uh, um, kind of uh, assess what direction the uh, operating companies would go, uh, the transition to uh, yellow pages to the operating companies. And that was um, that, was that stint uh, of my career. I was, I was offered to, um, given an offer to come back to Indiana, to Indiana Bell. And uh, with the girls, both in high school at that time. And um, 
I decided, Penny, myself, and the girls decided to say, and uh, I um, kept in a uh, position um, in kind of the administrative areas uh, for a while. And then, um, fortunately, um, there was a, um, I was given an offer to um, go to what they call the um, AT&T National Yellow Pages Development Group. I got to see a lot of company, uh, countries, um, got to meet a lot of people. Um, it was a um, wonderful, wonderful experience. So anyway, um, that, uh, that phase of my life was uh, good. Uh, they, I guess the only thing, the kind of bad with that was my travel uh, obligations. I was good gone for a lot of uh, time, and um, Annie uh, had a lot of responsibility to take care of the girls, and, uh, you know, I missed a lot of uh, things, but, uh, you know, you've got to do what you have to do, and uh, that's part of life. So it sounds like you really made moves in the company under AT&T. What do you think it was about yourself that allowed you to have so much upward mobility professionally? Well, I think that it's just the um, two things, maybe. Uh, You look for the opportunities to do that. Um, Also, well, there are maybe three things. Uh, When you go to AT&T, one of the things that they look for and want to do is develop these people uh, in very fa- various facets of the, of the company. And that's one of the, the things. So you look at the opportunities, you, you know, you try to get a mentor, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, that always helps also. And, like anything, it, uh, it's good to know people and uh, use that uh, interaction that, uh, that helps you uh, succeed in what you're, you're doing. You've had quite the career across a lot of different uh, industries. So when the Bell system was split, which, as I understand it, was basically to break up the monopoly that they had right, right. that kind of led to another opportunity eventually for you to start your own company. Is that correct? Well, what, what happened, um, with the, again, with the, our, uh, my being part of the national yellow pages, uh, unit at AT&T, um, that was, that was sold by AT&T to American uh, Ameritech Publishing in Michigan. And um, I was uh, brought with, with the, uh, the transition. Um, 
they they kind of bartered uh, that uh, I would be part of the uh, the transition, and there were um, the two of us that uh, in the uh, management area that uh, went to um, Detroit, uh, actually Troy, Michigan, and um, worked uh, there doing primarily what what I was uh, was doing. We were just keeping. Um, the active accounts that we had in, in Europe or Asia, those type of things. But we were now under the auspices of uh, Ameritech. Um, Ameritech was a um, kind of a new experience for me. Uh, it was very, um, <laughs> how do I say this? Uh, <laughs> They very, very uh, politically uh, operated. Uh, <laughs> I mean, a lot of things, but I mean, they were highly politically operated. So you you had to know who was who and what's where, and and um, you got to you had to get into the club, so to speak. Well. Um, we were kind of outsiders, and, and even though that I, uh, Ameritech um, was part of, or Indiana Bell was then part of Ameritech, and uh, but most of the uh, people that were associated with the Yellow Pages in um, in Ameritech were uh, all from Michigan Bell, and that that was a big click. So um, it, it took a while to uh, get uh, familiar what, what was uh, what was going on. So we worked on that. We had a lot of opportunities and when we, we would come into the board, they were not very receptive. They hesitated to make any commitments. I, I, I wasn't used to that type of thing. And um, so consequently, um, they got out of the business. They didn't have the stomach for it. Uh, it takes a lot of um, know-how. It's a something that you you've got to buy, evaluate the risks and the rewards all they looked at primarily was the risk and um they let the um not the business elements but probably more the uh the legal people that would uh, were always <laughs> there 24 hours a, a day looking over your shoulder but Anyway, they, um, so that folded and um, I was, uh, then I was asked to uh, go into the company's uh, Yellow Pages, National Yellow Pages group as as one of the two lead people. They had a nice client base, uh, which was good. We had, which was unusual. We had the big three, um, 
at that time, General Motors, Ford, and uh, Chrysler. I spent my my main uh, responsibility was uh, Chrysler, and my uh, good friend Ed. He primarily took care of Ford, and then we split into General Motors, and. We had about, not that only, we had like, the client base was, I think we had maybe 70, 80 uh, companies client-wise. And we replaced uh, National Yellowage Pages, uh, their advertising in all all the Yellow Pages throughout the country you know, where where they needed that, that coverage. Um, and that worked fine. We enjoyed it. My boss at that time was one of the guys that I brought into the business. And we were, we were very, very close back in, in Indiana. But anyway, that was a, that was a nice, nice thing. So then all of a sudden, unbeknownst to us, America, Ameritech sold that business to a outside uh, group um, that that did that type of business, and um, they made a drastic mistake. They before they sold it, they didn't they didn't tell anybody. They didn't tell the client base uh, that they were going to turn this over to a other company they didn't tell us um unbelievable uh, bill knew it but he was sworn to secrecy i mean he tried to give me some hints but (laughs) they they flew over my head but anyway so we were supposed to do uh ed and myself go out to all the the uh, client base, uh, try, to, try to smooth everything over, try to get uh, the new company uh, to, you know, be translated uh, into uh, those accounts um, that we had. And um, we, we got a lot of flack uh, but they they did appreciate what we had done for them, and there were hints that um, boy, we'd like to stay with with this group. They had we had like um, I think like forty five service reps that uh, worked with us, uh, you know, and other salespeople. But um, it was uh, it was a tight knit group uh, that had the customers in in mind. So uh, we remember taking the uh, execs from uh, Chrysler to uh, the new company, and, and uh, you know introducing they wanted me to do that and uh, we walked in to their corporate headquarters and there was a big sign from jaguar 
Well, <laughs> you know, that, that didn't go over bad <laughs> right now. <laughs> but uh, rather than Chrysler. And um, so the meeting started and everyone going on and um, one of the exact, well, who's going to um, take, uh, head up our account? And um, he said, this was the chairman. He said, well, Steve is. And of course, that, that blew everybody's mind because nobody <laughs> even meant that to me. And uh, so we got back on the plane and we're getting back and uh, they said, oh, no, we're not going to do that. Well, we were contacted by Ed, myself and Ed, by the largest independent yellow pagers of uh, provider in the in the country and so he asked us if we would consider forming a corporation to attempt to take that uh, client base away from Ameritech and their their uh, group well, very fortunately, we got 90%, about 96% of all the business. Um, we were able to hire all, except I think maybe three of the uh, service representatives. Uh, it was a major undertaking. We had to get uh, facilities up, all the inter communications it was uh again we were we were very fortunate that we had contacts and my my partner ed and and we did all this was done undercover right you know we we didn't want them to know that we were trying to get this uh this business so it was a uh, multi-million dollar investment and it um, it worked out better than we could ever imagine um, it was a highlight of my career really wow I stayed for about six years and uh, then kind of decided to uh, retire and um, I retired for a short uh, period of time and then I was it was good friends of uh, the uh, owner of uh, California Closets in Watt, Michigan, and some of the other areas. And um, he gave me, uh, asked me to uh, join the firm and uh, establish a presence in Upper Michigan and Illinois, that area. So we had planned, my, my wife, uh, Annie and I, were going to move up to Michigan in, at a cottage that we originally had and turned it into a, to a home, a uh, big, big uh, home uh, to leave the uh, Detroit uh, suburban area and, and go there. And so that... Uh, I did that for about about four years, and then I 
finally retired. <laughs> like, For real this time. <laughs> her time. <laughs> That's great. I mean, what a career. I want to pivot a little bit and talk more about your personal life, if that's okay. Okay, that, that's fine. He, he's gonna. We're gonna have a sip of, of vodka. Like, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Take a drink. <laughs> so I actually, if you're comfortable with this, want to talk a little bit no, about I'm comfortable with it <laughs> about your love life specifically. So I would love to know how you <laughs> met your first wife. I kind of grew up with her. Um, they, our parents were very uh, close knit, and um, we um, they were both friends. Uh, so we would um, get together. We, you know, and the kids would uh, get to know uh, each other. Uh, she had another a sister and brother, and unfortunately, her father passed away early in life he was the uh, chief metallurgist for uh, General Motors in um, in the Indiana uh, region and um, in Bedford Indiana at that time and uh, um, his wife Nanny's mother was a uh, registered nurse and uh, the company were gracious enough to ask her uh, where she would like to relocate and would she like a a position. So she uh, chose to come back to Anderson, Indiana. And Anderson, Indiana at that time was one of the largest um, subsidiaries of General Motors. They had 13 plants and uh, but uh, Marcella relocated to that. We always became, you know, close friends. I I knew Annie. I didn't. Um, we she was a little younger than I. Uh, we didn't really socialize that much. When I finally kind of uh, met her to get to know a little bit more. She and her mother came up to uh, Lafayette, Indiana, where her sister was going. And um, I was I had the Flame restaurant there. So um, they, uh, well, I don't know how it happened, but they were going to have uh, dinner after the football game. And uh, so we would on the uh, football game, we would serve probably about 500 people. So I got them a table, uh, of course, and uh, started talking to them. And uh, so uh, I said to Annie, uh, would you like to go out for a minute after, you know, after we close? <laughs> and uh, so, so we did. We went to a place called... Sarge Biltz, and uh, then I would go back to um, Anderson from Lafayette, and we dated a few times, and uh, maybe more, and then um, she was uh, planning to uh, go to, I believe it was Phoenix, for an offer for a nursing uh, type position, and um, 
we met um, in South Bend, Indiana, uh, for dinner, and I thought, well, I'd, I'd hate for her to go, <laughs> and uh, so I proposed, and uh, that uh, was a uh, great moment, and we had a had a great uh, life. Uh, you know, unfortunately, she passed away with uh, cancer. Um, I still miss her quite a bit. Uh, then, you know, you transition. Um, I, uh, I guess I, I never really wanted to be uh, alone, um, but I didn't. I didn't date that much or stuff after uh, she was gone, but. Um, there was a, uh, couple that, um, belonged both to my, my club and, um, this lady's club. Um, and they asked us, you know, well, would you like to meet? And, well, we both, I guess she was a hell of a lot more, uh, apprehensive than I was. But <laughs> we, we made a, at kind of a old hangout uh, uh, bar and restaurant on one of the nice lakes in uh, Michigan. And, um, you know, you start out with um, kind of idle talk, you know, don't know where you're going to go. And um, I said, oh, I just got back from um, visiting my brother in um, Anderson, Indiana. And, or something, or, or no, I just said I, from from Indiana, and uh, she said, um, "Oh, okay." Um, you know, I I was from Indiana, and I said, "Well, uh, where where did you live?" And uh, she said, uh, "Anderson, Indiana." And I said, "My God, I did do." <laughs> so, you know, that was that was a kind of an icebreaker right there. She had gone to uh, public school, and I went to Progill, and uh, I guess we just never uh, met, but it, it turned out that parents, our parents knew each other, uh, one of my aunts, where they were very close, an uncle, uh, with her parents, um, and um it um, you know just kind of evolved after that, and uh, we had a lot of things in in common. Um, so we were uh, we were married uh, probably about a year after we we met, and uh, had a nice nice wedding, a great uh, reception at the club. We were uh, it was a new new country club and uh we were the first um wedding party there so it was a kind of a nice nice thing and they really uh bent over backwards to uh take care of us um unfortunately about um it'll be two years ago sandy was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and um that uh, it was a big shock, and um, when they found it out, um, it was it was too late to do anything. So um, 
she lived for about four weeks, I think, after yeah. After, yeah. Yeah. after that uh, that happened, and um, it you know broke of our our hearts. Uh, it, it was it was a just a horrible horrible shock. Uh, with Annie, it was a long type of battle. Sandy had uh, come back from her uh, with her daughter from um, Colorado to visit her sister, who was not doing doing well. And when they got back to, uh, they were going to coming through Chicago, O'Hara. She she just couldn't make the walk, and uh, that was that was very unusual. Right. So when she got back home to Michigan, we said, you know, you why don't you call the doc and and see what's going on? She had a uh, primary doctor that uh, in that program where uh, they they limit their their uh, practice, so they see you almost immediately. Uh, her doctor. <laughs> come back Sunday, that Sunday evening from uh, Europe. And um, Annie went in uh, just uh, to the office on Monday and uh, said, I'm not feeling real well. And they did a blood test on her. And it came back that uh, her liver enzymes were very high. And um, the next day, uh, Dr. arranged for CAT scans, and that that showed that the uh, uh, cancer was very progressive. And uh, we went to the University of Michigan pretty much um, immediately, but uh, it it had spread so rapidly. And uh, but um, she had wonderful hospice care. As, as Annie did, and of course Annie was a uh, hospice nurse. nurse who, yeah. My mom, Kitty, was a hospice nurse, so yes, her, who, her friends took care of my mom, uh, right. which was amazing, and they right. were amazing right. people. After Sandy passes, and and we, you know, bury Sandy and and do all that, so then he comes back down to South Carolina. And and he's now staying in Myrtle Beach. We do Thanksgiving. We do Christmas. We do, you know, everything. But in January, he got a little sick. So, and it wasn't a bad, he didn't have COVID or anything, but he had a little, a teeny, teeny, tiny amount of pneumonia. So I moved to Myrtle Beach with him from St. Patrick's Day until the 4th of July. But little did we know... In his romantic, uh, you know, uh, uh, stuff that he was doing, he was on the internet. Dad, do you want to tell us about Pat? Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was my expo- first exposure to go on the internet. I don't, I don't even know how I, I Oh, happened. my gosh, Kitty. My dad's on the internet. Yeah. So I, um, well, I mean, on a uh, website, not the, I, I don't really know how I uh, got on this uh, website, but I thought, well, <laughs> to, I looked, you know, and put in my 
resume and that kind of stuff. And, um, and then there were a couple, uh, you know, people that they associate you with, you know, blindly. So um, that live uh, very, very close to me hence of what how to approach this kind of thing because I I um it was completely new to me. Right. Did her profile and I said, well, okay, I'll send her your message. And uh she did reply. It was a long process. I mean it took a lot of correspondence and yeah and from his daughter who was like oh my gosh dad are you on the internet like looking for people (laughs) (laughs) but i um it just happened um that uh that it was i think either the first or second person that i had any thought inkling that i might be interested in and um, it turned out that uh, we um, finally, um, well, she finally gave me her, her uh, internet. Uh, right, right, her, right. David, so when he met Pat for the very first time, David and I were in Northern Michigan. We kind of felt like we were sending my dad to the prom, you know, because we checked everything out. And we, we had security issues. We had, you know, everything in line. We knew where he was going. We knew who she was, you know, whatever. And, um, yeah, and, and I think what's really cool, Dad, is when he came home that night, because we did give him a curfew. It was quite a, a nice experience. Um, I went over to, to her home. Um, she lives on on another uh, very, very nice lake, and it's in a uh, community uh, that's been there for a hundred more years. So uh, she's uh, she's been there like 40 years or, wow. or more at this, uh, this beautiful home on the lake. And uh, I'd ask her what her favorite uh, wine was. Um, we got together, we got a little gift back and I go into the and the first thing I I didn't notice or didn't what was not aware of was the uh speed limit in in this private club area <laughs> I was speeding <laughs> and when when one of the neighbors had uh, had later called said did did you know that person who visited you was speeding? So anyway, I, I, I that was probably wasn't the best way. To but anyway, we met. Um, her uh, son happened to be there, um, so I met him. I took her to a restaurant that I, I thought she probably hadn't gone to, but of course I was absolutely wrong. She's probably been to a lot more restaurants up there than I had <laughs> over the time she lived there. But we had a beautiful time, uh, nice, nice uh, conversation, uh, 
got to be, uh, know each other, it was very easy uh, talking to each other. Um, <laughs> we ordered a um, big sampler. We thought it was a, just going to be a little little thing to start out with, but it was overwhelming. We, <laughs> I don't think we finished our, you know, the the whatever. But anyway, um, I felt that you know this this is right, and uh, I'd like to pursue it, and, uh, and did, and uh, it's gone from there. Uh, you know, we dated. Uh, she um, she has a home in Asheville, uh, North Carolina, that, uh, and she was planning to move to um, Charleston on her own. Uh, we we kind of talked about what was going to happen, but uh, she decided that uh, it would be best that we be together. So we're planning to uh, be together like on the 20th of this month in, in Myrtle Beach. It's a very, it's a big step for both of us, but uh, I think it's uh, going to work out fine. Well, congratulations. So that's, my, uh, that's kind of my uh, synopsis of my love life. <laughs> I won't tell you about the other parts. <laughs> no, that's wonderful. I, I was really curious about what it was like for you to get online and and find a relationship in that space. It was very unusual because <laughs> it was a new... Uh, type of experience. I didn't. Uh, I I took it to fill out all these uh, questionnaires and tell about yourself and uh, download pictures and, and and I wasn't that adept of doing that um, <laughs> downloading uh, pictures and I I didn't want to uh, tip my and off to the girls <laughs> that I was I was doing this. I didn't want anybody really to know because I thought, well, I don't know if that is, is that uh, socially acceptable or or what. So, um, but um, now I the the experience turned out great. So I can't, I have no no regrets. That's so wonderful. I love to hear that. Steve, that's about all I have for you. Is there anything else that you'd like to share while I have you? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> the, um, I've been so, so fortunate uh, with family, uh, with friends, uh, acquaintances, uh, life uh, situations, uh, both good and bad, uh, that um, I'm, I'm very humbled by uh, the, the, what God has given me, I guess. Uh, it's uh, because chances are fleeting, really, and uh, you You've got to take as much care and opportunity and um, love 
giving love and uh, appreciating uh, what God has given you. And I certainly have been given more than my fair share. I want to thank you so much for your time. And it's been so lovely to meet you and get to talk with you. And you're very lucky to have a daughter like Kat. <laughs> well, I know I am. She's, 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 my, he's my best friend. He's my best friend. <laughs> well, Kenny, thank you. It's been a uh, wonderful experience. And uh, I hope that you, uh, everything that you're pursuing becomes a uh, wonderful uh, pursuit that you're, you're doing. And, uh, God give you the wherewithal to uh, get it done. Thank you for listening to The Grand Project. If you like what you hear, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, as well as give us a follow on Instagram. Our username is at grandprojectpod. That's where you'll get the latest updates, and we have some exciting news coming up in just a few weeks. Special thanks to Kat Crumlick for helping to set up this interview with her father. And of course to Steven Snyder for sharing his story and his time with me today. If you know a grandparent whose stories you'd like to hear, you can nominate them either by reaching out to us over social media or by emailing us at grandprojectpod at gmail.com. We'll be back with more grand stories next time on The Grand Project.